Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. Let my people think. Amen. Can you say that? Let my people think. from the Amplified Classic Bible. It says, The fear of man brings a snare like a trap, but whoever leans on, trusts in, and puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. Whoever puts his trust in. So, Are you following me? Yes. How many of you have tried to walk around town without your mask, even though it's okay to do that now? You have people look at you like... Like you have leprosy. Look, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I understand everybody has different reasons of why, and there's no sense in getting political over everything. And we should honor one another above ourselves, right? Above our opinions sometimes. If there's anything that we learn from COVID, it's that everybody has an opinion. But the greatest opinion that matters is what God's word says. Yeah, right. Since we've been only here maybe three days now, I think, three, four days, I've had a sense in my heart that I see people tired. People tired of being enslaved. You know, it's always human nature for us to ask the question, why? Have you ever met a two-year-old? Are you following me? But when sin came, we were unsure about what our foundation 
that God wants to use Filipinos. That God is raising up leaders in the Philippines. And, and I'm not trying to say like they need to be over other places and, and people. That's not the point of leadership. That's not the type of kingdom leadership we're talking about. Kingdom leadership is that we do become servants to all, but we're not afraid to lead. Teaching spiritual and practical principles based on God's word encourages people to obey the conscience God has given them when no leader is around. So what am I saying? I'm saying you have a conscience, right? Which tells you right or wrong. God put that in you. And then he's given us his word as an instruction for us to not have any shades of gray of what is right and what's wrong. God clearly tells us in his word how we are to live. We don't have to live thinking, well, how do we uh, make good decisions? How do I handle money? How do I talk to people? How do I deal with making uh, you know, decisions for my future and things like that? God tells us that our answer is to seek him. And as we seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon his name while he is near, we recognize that he is the highest authority that there ever is. And so when a leader comes to you and says you should do something, you are allowed by God to question what they say. I want you to question what I say. You know why? Because I'm accountable before God. I'm not God. And I'm not a dictator missionary. But I will tell you, I, I think that this intimidation of what's happening around the world, not only in the Philippines, is to suppress godly men and women from rising up and, and going out and changing the world for Jesus. Because the devil is intimidated. You know what the Lord spoke to me early on when COVID? I said, Lord, why is it that this COVID thing can shut down the entire world? And he says, that's what COVID can do, but let me show you what I can do. Friend, I'm not going to allow a disease or a political figure or a government or any experience in my life to dictate who is. His word is enough. When Israel came out of Egypt, God still had to get Egypt out of them. Did you hear that? We've heard that many times. When people come out from being under strong authoritarian leadership, they may be free physically, but can still be bound spiritually. I said it. <laughs> I'm not saying every leader is perfect. They're not. Right. That's why we honor them and we submit to authority. But again, when we submit to authority, we don't check our brains at the door. What we do is we look at God's word and we look at what leaders say. And if it's not running parallel with God's word, we throw it out. America, Iran, Amen. wherever. 
persecution like what they do. I'll tell you something. And, and, and her grandpa over there has had many people that have lost their lives for the gospel because they were unashamed of Jesus. They weren't the wealthiest. They weren't the most well-known. Nobody invited them probably to a conference to speak. But these men and women of God who are unashamedly yes. serving Jesus are famous in heaven. Yes. It's easy to be bound, and we don't realize it, if we're not taking steps to live in freedom. My biggest concern for the church in Devout is how easily persuaded it is by those telling them to submit to authority. I'm not saying submitting to authority is a bad thing. I'm in a building that we have rented, that we have repaired, and all these things. But I will tell you this, this is in a fire school building, but this is Maranatha Church today. And I willfully submit to their authority. That's, that's not a question. That's not an issue. I'm not gonna come up and say, well, let me tell you something. You see how tall I am? I'm concerned. Christians are always to submit to authority as unto the Lord. Submitting to authority is not something Christians do without questioning why. What am I saying? You compare what people say to you with God's word. You don't just do what people say blindly. If somebody says, go jump out the window of this building here, I'm hoping you have ears to hear. <laughs> and are not checking your brain at the door when you came in. No, we want to create thinkers. I want you to hear God's voice yourself. One of my devotionals that I wrote and when we went to Hawaii, how many of you want to go on a mission trip to Hawaii, amen? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the Philippines is just as beautiful as Hawaii. It really is. I'm not just saying that. It's very beautiful. With the place where we were, we were with a ministry that has worked with Lou Engel's ministry for many, many years. And they're just solid people. I think you know Rod and Marion Hall. Don't you know them? I'm not sure if you do or not. Okay. Anyhow, we work with them and we're sharing at their school of ministry and it's not really hard to hear from God in Hawaii. <laughs> Especially it's so beautiful like here. And so I wrote a, a devotional called uh, Hearing God Through His Creation, a 30-day devotional. And I do have some books coming. They probably won't be here for like three months, <laughs> but that's just why we're so far out here. And a second devotional that I wrote, it's called um, How to Become a Burning Bush. And so you can check that out later. But Christians are to submit authority as unto the Lord. Submitting to authority is not something Christians do without questioning, questioning why. If they tell us to do something in opposition to God's word, then we obey God by disobeying the authority. Are you with me? I am not advocating that we go and start an EDSA revolution. Or whatever you think 
is the right reason for a revolution. Okay? The revolution we're talking about is a revolution of purity and holiness. Of righteousness. Of peace and joy. We're not trying to create violence. But if you're going to be in the kingdom of heaven, the violent take it by force. Yeah. And what does that mean? It means by being a people of prayer. It means by being a people of worship. I was so, uh, I was just, a lot of tears were flowing during worship because, not only because we have one of the best worship teams in the world, but because the anointing is here. I like that. But listen, do you know why John the Baptist was martyred? Because he spoke up when nobody else would. John thought for himself. He didn't need anybody else to think for him. What am I saying? I'm not saying we don't need each other. What I am saying is that John was so convinced by the word of God and the calling upon his life that he was not intimidated to point his finger at Herod and say, you have taken your brother's wife. Yes. Yes. That's right. Keith Green wrote a song called I Pledge My Head to Heaven. That's what he's, what he's singing about. When we went to Rome, the last uh, days we were in Rome, we looked around, we went to the Colosseum where over 3,000 Christians were martyred. And there's places in Rome that for miles that Emperor Nero would crucify people one next to each other for kilometer after kilometer after kilometer, lining the streets with blood. You see, we haven't seen that kind of persecution. We think not having any Wi-Fi is persecution. <laughs> you know what I'm praying for is next time, if there is a next time, which I'm not praying for, but if there is one, that God takes away the Wi-Fi. from being a people of prayer. Because you remember how everybody quoted Psalm 91 during the pandemic? But did they do Psalm 91? See, that's the concern. You could quote the scripture but not do it. And we have to learn our lesson. We have to learn that we have to abide in the secret place of the Most High. That's right the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Then you will not give in to fear and hopelessness and depression and worry and suicidal thoughts and is my life over with. That's a work of the devil. But this is what I mean that he's trying to shut down the church. The church of Jesus Christ will never be shut down. Amen. In fact, it's a church that's going to usher in the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. And when you're pre-trip, mid-trip, or post-trip, just be Opposition to. Our goal is to tell the world why we believe what we believe. See, you can't do that unless you make disciples. If I just tell you, repent, and you repent, but I don't give you my life in return to disciple you, then I'm leaving a 
a baby being birthed without a parent. That's right. And see, it's our responsibility to not be ashamed of the gospel, to not be afraid of what's happening around us. We must be bold and be strong to banish fear and doubt. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go, right? Isn't that what he told Joshua? Right. The past three years, the enemy has stopped spreading the gospel, tried to stop spreading the gospel around the world. I think it's only increased. In fact, one of the greatest revivals that's taking place in the world today is in Iran through women. If you know anything about Islam, and you know anything about the oppression of women in Iran and places like that, you would think, that's how could revival happen? But it is. And the people are all stirred up right now. And they're fighting against the Iranian regime. And I don't know if all of it is being done correctly, but I know this, is that there's some little ladies over there who are in love with Jesus, yeah. and they're making disciples, yeah. and they're tearing down the devil's kingdom in Iran. The ultimate authority of the church is not the Pope, is not the president or any other physical or spiritual leader. Jesus is our authority and he calls us to seek his face. God will never allow us, listen, he will never allow us to submit our ability to think to the control of the world. He will not allow us. He will fight for our conscience. He may not always do what you think he should do, but he will not to be overrun if you're seeking him. Why is that important? Because God's word and your conscience are a dangerous combination for revival. Your conscience before the spirit of God founded upon his word is what will stir revival in your heart. That banner right there has ruined me the rest of my life. Because I used to think that, Lord, we want revival around the world, right? Just do it, Jesus. And he said, I will, by beginning with your heart. And then it goes to your home. And then it goes to your church. And then it goes around the world. What did Jesus say? But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You, you, look at your neighbor and say, you. of the flesh. We need a revolution of spiritual thinking. Man, I want to go on a lot more. Can I go on a little bit more? Because I'm going to do it anyway. It's been three years, friend. I like to preach in a lot of places, but there's no place like home. Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. I'm going to go through this quickly, okay? Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law. You remember, Moses had killed a man, right, who was oppressing 
Jewish people who were enslaved in Egypt. And so what did he do? He decided to kill them. That's not good discipleship. Okay? And so he runs for the wilderness. While he's in the wilderness, he's functioning as a shepherd. Isn't it interesting that when you think your life is over with, God's just preparing you? He's functioning in the wilderness. He meets his wife. He has a new family. And then he has an encounter with God at the burning bush. And he says, I've called you, Moses, to be a deliverer for my people. And so he comes back after this encounter, and he says to Jethro, his father-in-law, please let me go to my brethren who are in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. His heart's beating. He's been under COVID restriction for, I think, about 40 years, right? Lockdown. Lockdown. Isn't it interesting? How long was Israel in the wilderness? 40 years. How long was Moses himself in the wilderness? Your three years of wilderness wandering, God has a purpose for it. Verse 19, now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go, return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. God knows how to deal with things, friend. Let him deal with it. Then Moses took his wife, his sons, and set them on a donkey to return into the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. That rod represents authority. Do you have a rod of authority? Yes, you do. If you're born again and you're walking in righteousness with the Lord, you have a rod of authority. Verse 21, And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart. God is not making this any easier. Why? Because he's telling Moses, you just went through 40 years in the wilderness. I want you to trust that what I've done in you during that time is going to come out of you. And he will not let your people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my, my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. So God made a threat to Pharaoh. It was a threat that was conditional. He did not want to kill his firstborn son. He wanted him to let his people go so that everybody could live. But friend, when God tells you to do something, you do it his way. Yeah. And if you don't like things being done the way that he's doing it, then just be careful. <laughs> and it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Uh, well, let's skip down here. And then verse 27. Moses, and the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went to meet him on the mountain of God and kissed him. So, and, and God knows how to bring people to you to help encourage you along the way. Right? Paul, Timothy, Aaron, Moses, right? There's, there's people that God will bring to you if you will step out in faith. If you will not allow your why to 
need to go. Amen. So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord that he'd sent him and the signs which he commanded him. And they went together to gather the elders of Israel. And they're speaking to Israel and they're saying, this is what God's telling us to do. And so Israel is excited. And said, thus says the Lord God of Israel. Pharaoh is the most powerful man in the world. Okay? He can have them killed like that. You're talking about a man, Moses, who had an encounter with God, which is the reason why he has boldness. Are you hearing me? See, if you stop having encounters with God, you're not going to have the courage you need. what Moses does with that rod. He's probably a little bit nervous. And he stands in front of Pharaoh and all Pharaoh's government. He's in, I don't know, maybe he's in a pyramid. But you think about all this. There's gold everywhere. There's idols everywhere. And here he is, this Israelite who has no, nobody knows anything about that except that Why? Because he was a stutterer. He stuttered. He, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, tried to speak like that. Could you imagine? But these are the people that God uses. He uses the foolish things in the world to put the wise to shame. Will you stop comparing yourself to each other or to somebody else and what you can and cannot do and just obey God and stand up? Yeah. Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. That was not the favorable answer that Moses was looking for. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has met us. Please let us go. Please. He's even saying please. Three days journey in the desert and sacrifice the Lord our God. Lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. And the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. I'm the authority figure. Don't you tell me what to do. What does that sound like? Intimidation. Fear. Something we've all been experiencing these last three years. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now. And if you take them to rest from their labor, then he's going on. And the same day he commanded the taskmasters of the people and the officers saying, you shall no longer give the people straw or to make brick as before. Let them go get the straw for themselves. He's doubling their work. He's making it harder. The very ones that Moses is trying to lead, Pharaoh's making it harder. 
will sacrifice to their God. Let more work be laid on them that they may labor in it, and let them not regard false words. Verse 10, and the taskmasters, men with whips and probably sticks, and they would come and beat the people into submission. They spoke to people and said, that sparrow, I will give you no more straw. Go gather it yourself. And, and, and he's increasing their quota. In verse 15, then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh saying, why are you dealing with us so harshly? We're your servants already. They had a servant mindset, but they didn't have an idea that God wanted to use them and tell them to stand up and be a leader. There's no straw given your servants. They say make brick and we're beaten. But the fault is your own people, Pharaoh saying. But he said, you are idle, idle. Therefore, you say, let us go and sacrifice the Lord. Therefore, go now and work for no straw will be given to you. Yet you shall deliver a quarter of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble. After it was said, you should not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. And then they met Pharaoh, or, or Moses and Aaron in verse 20. And they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge. Why would you tell us to stand up? Why would you tell us to resist? You have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh. He hates us more now than in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hands and kill us. Verse 22 Moses comes back to the Lord. See, this is not what he expected. But see, this is what's going to keep Moses to be faithful. Moses had an encounter. Aaron didn't have that encounter. Moses did. And right now, he's being tested by Pharaoh. He's being tested by his own people. He's probably thinking in his mind, what if I took my mask off? Example. What if I took it? What if I stood out and looked like everybody else? Because that's really tempting right now. I don't want to make disciples your way, God. I like to do it my way. Because there's no oppression my way. There's no hardship. Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak your name, he has done evil to the people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. I'm almost finished. Chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see, listen, you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will let them go. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of the land. I, I wish I could go on and on and on here. I will deal with Pharaoh. Pharaoh is not your responsibility. You do what I asked you to do, and I'll deal with Pharaoh. Right. But what if they attack? What if they say something? What if I lose? 
something. Friend, I want to tell you something. My family, we gave up our house. We gave away all our furniture. And I'm not getting asking for a handcuff. All I'm saying is everything we knew was gone. And we had no indication that it would ever come back. But we did not hear from God to say that it was over. And so you know what we did? We didn't get a house in America, and we traveled for three years. And we traveled up and down the East Coast of America five times. We traveled to different nations and, and things like that as God opened the doors, not just to travel. But why am I telling you that? Not to sound super spiritual, I'm simply saying that God never told us to give up on the Philippines. He never told us it was over with. And the day that I got off that plane on October 12th, and I saw that picture, and God said, it's time to go back. I knew the Lord was behind and pushing us forward again. That's not just for us. It's for you. He's getting behind you and pushing you forward. And he's saying, don't give up, Philippines. Don't give up, Dabo. Don't give up, Agdow. Don't give up. Don't give up. No matter where you're from or what you've been putting your hand to or how hard things have been, who you've lost, who's with you, who's against you, all of those things, my friend, I'm telling you, now is the time for revival and awakening as we've never seen. Let me close with this. The difference between a gift exchange and a burden exchange is that God always gives us a better gift than what we can give him. I believe many of you have burdens on your shoulders, on your back. The hardest thing for us to be away was that we could not be here to help. Had, had somebody told us that if you go, you won't be able to come back, we never would have left. And so now we're on, in the States. Not, actually, we haven't worn masks in two years. We've been staying in the state of Florida. Things have been wide open there. It's not been the same all over the U.S. But while we're there, I'm like, Lord, where are the missionaries that are willing to go that you won't allow to go? Nobody else wants to go. We will go. I think that's why he gave us a few mission trips. But I want to tell you something, friend. Being here... When you know you're in the destiny and the plan of God, yeah. it's all that matters with your life. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you have or don't have. It doesn't matter who knows you, who doesn't know you. We travel a lot. We started a, a podcast. And actually, the podcast has been downloaded about 28,000 times. 
It's gone into 120 nations. It's not something I would have chosen to do. And we're continuing to do it. And John has been amazing helping me edit it every week. And you can, if you ever want to look it up, it's called Revival Cry. And it's, you can get it on any podcast platform. But I'm, I'm sure that was not the route we were willing to take or, or thought that we were going to have to take. But yet we're doing things that God wanted to expand our ability to impact nations. Right. Many years ago in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus said, I had this revelation about burden exchanging. He said, come to me, all you who are, who, are late, who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what the Lord was saying is that I want you to give me your burden, and I'm going to give you my burden. The burden that God gives to you and I is not the same weight of what Jesus had to carry. But he shares with us when we make an exchange of our burdens for him. So God, if you're hurting and you have burdens today that you need to give to the Lord, I'm telling you, friend, he wants to make an exchange and not just take your burden off of you. He wants to give you a calling and a purpose and destiny. If we want to move forward in kingdom success, we've got to learn how to receive kingdom instruction. Moses was set apart by God to lead Israel out from oppression into the promised land. God taught Moses to think for himself. The confidence that God gave Moses and brought boldness and courage that he needed to confront Pharaoh with. And then one day, Moses stood before the most powerful man in the world and said, let my people go. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.